Hello and welcome to the Daily Homily with Father Kevin Drew. Father Drew is the pastor of St. Anne's Church in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Father Drew's Daily Mass can be heard weekdays at 11 Central on Catholic Radio Network Channel Gabriel 2. And now, here's Father Drew. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, we hold this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing power may be of God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not constrained, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being given up to death for the sake of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since then we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We too believe and therefore speak, knowing that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and place us with you in his presence." Everything indeed is for you, so that the grace bestowed in abundance on more and more people may cause the thanksgiving to overflow for the glory of God. The word of the Lord. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men dreaming that our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad indeed. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the torrents in the southern desert. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Although they go forth weeping, carrying the seed to be sown, they shall come back rejoicing, carrying their sheaves. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and prayed, saying, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them was lost, except the son of destruction, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world, and I consecrate myself for them so that they also may be consecrated in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. The Roman emperor Dacius, who ruled from 249 to 251 AD, he started a vast sweeping reform, a great reset of sorts to bring uniformity and cohesion throughout the empire. He thought the best way to accomplish this was to Look to the abandoned paganism of old Rome. But the emperor had a problem. The problem was the growing prominence and power of the church. Christians saw any attempts to enforce 
pagan absolutism on them as futile. Too many citizens were now professing the Christian creed and were not about to sell out their consciences for a political scheme. The emperor hated Christianity because it clashed with his culture of death worldview. And the scope of his anti-Christian legislation was much larger than any of his predecessors had been. The emperor's object was not the extermination of Christians, but the complete extinction of Christianity itself. Bishops and priests were unconditionally punished with death. All others were given an opportunity to recant, to abandon their Christian faith, and to show their loyalty to paganism by offering sacrifice to the pagan idols. This persecution came on quickly, coupled with the appalling amount of laxity and corruption in the church, a result of the long peace the church was enjoying. It produced a most deplorable effect in the Christian fold. Multitudes presented themselves to the government to express their compliance in the mandate. They offered sacrifice and then were issued a ticket that attested to the fact that they performed the sacrificial rite. Others simply just purchased their ticket. They paid off the public official who then attested to their renunciation of their Christian faith. Butler's Lives of the Saints states, these defections, though numerous, were more than counterbalanced by the multitudes who suffered death, exile, confiscation, or torture in all parts of the empire. But heavy damage was done. The Dacian persecution was the severest trial the church up to that time had been subjected, and the loss suffered by people selling out their faith was almost as damaging as the losses of martyrdom. Cornelius, the 21st Bishop of Rome, he was the Pope during this period. He suffered martyrdom in 253. Cyprian was the Bishop of Carthage, North Africa. Cyprian was a staunch defender of Pope Cornelius, who not only had his hands full with the Roman government, he also had to contend with numerous enemies inside the church. We have an actual account of St. Cyprian's death. The Roman governor, Galerius Maximus, publicly commanded, mandated Bishop Cyprian to perform the pagan sacrificial rites. Cyprian said no. The governor declared, you have set yourself up as an enemy of the gods of Rome. You have been discovered as the author and leader of these heinous crimes and will be held forth as an example for all those who have followed you in your crime. By your blood, the law shall be confirmed. He then read Cyprian's sentence from a tablet. It is decided that Thassius Cyprian should die by the sword. Cyprian responded, Thanks be to God. <laughs> 